sometimes you need to figure out how to get where you're going. So here's some relatively poor advice. <laughs> this is the Waiver Podcast. <laughs> There we go. Cut. All right. Now, hopefully, if you're listening to this with headphones, ow, oh, my shit. elbow. Are you okay? Yeah, I just banged it against the ironing board. Cause Hi. we're back in the closet again. Hi, Kim. Hi, Brianna. I have a little bit of a cold. And Kim never lets me down. I step in the door. She's like, what do you need? You need coffee? You want some tea? And she made me some tea. So I'm having some tea. We got, I, however, have coffee. So Mm. at some point, I will be gradually getting louder and faster and louder and faster (laughs) and louder and faster. (laughs) So she said. But we've been gone. Where have we been? Well, we were in Gay Paris for... Oh, yeah. We were in Paris together. Yes. That was a couple weeks ago. I did not. Good for you. I'm so bad about stuff like that. I'm like, I just do the bare minimum in terms of language. It's because um, I feel like I don't have the energy to get embarrassed. <laughs> oh. I think that I, I don't mind getting embarrassed, but I know that there's a level of like, you don't speak this language, do you? Or, and I'm like, I'm already out the door. I can't wait for yeah. you to be upset with me. Um, that's probably not it, but um, it's probably mostly just laziness. Uh, and I was with my husband, who does speak a little bit of French, uh, like quite a bit of French. So yeah, I was like, I'm you fine. got by. I I was not comfortable. I was so uncomfortable being someplace where I could not communicate. Yeah, that I just I was like, I'm going to. I know I'm in France where yeah. all the food is delicious, but I'm going to buy my food in a drugstore. I know that was so funny to me. <laughs> it was so good, and it was I, so really good. I mean, I there's a couple things about that. Is I when I first started doing the conventions and started traveling for a while. The first conventions I was going to was like in Australia, English speaking countries, any foreign conventions. And I remember my first convention in Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember having like this conversation with Rob, Rob Benedict, and being like, I need us to be on the same flight because I'm so worked up about flying to a foreign language country because yeah. I'd never, I'd literally never traveled as a as a young person. I wasn't, and weirdly, I didn't have the same fear about Germany. And then I experienced, like, God love every single one of them. I would, in my broken, like, I've written down five notes for myself. This was before the Google Translate, boys and girls. Right. Um, I would be like, uh, where is the, and then they would say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll speak English. Yes. I'm like, why are you apologizing to I me? I know, I know. I'm the asshole in your country who no habla. Yeah. And maybe that's why I don't attempt to speak the language is like I'm already ashamed of the fact that I only I barely speak English. And that's about it. So in case you haven't noticed, this podcast episode we decided is going to be about travel because we've just come from a big stint of it in the middle of the year, in the middle of our convention year. Um, and we do a lot of it anyway. Um, yeah. And so we're talking about different ways we cope or fail at coping, you know. Um, and as, you know, we're talking about now, we both have that kind of language barrier, which makes traveling 
a little more anxiety inducing? Yeah, it can. I mean, it can be. Some people yeah. are not yes. anxious. I did, I will say, mm-hmm. the takeaway for me then going to France, mm-hmm. where I was very anxious about not speaking the language. I've heard people hate it if you don't speak French. I've and heard I've heard too, so yeah. much about it. And so I just halted. The first thing I learned to say was, I'm sorry, I don't speak French. Right. That's I'm great. So, 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 très, très désolé. Um, but one of the things I did was I learned how to cuss. In mm-hmm, French. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, that became very soothing because <laughs> it it gave me an emotional touchstone to the language uh-huh. rather than a cerebral touchstone to the language. Does that make sense? Yep. Like, I live so much in my emotions yeah. that when somebody was like, here's how you say suck my balls in right. French, I was like, I'm home, motherfuckers. How do you say it? Do you remember? Sous me boo. Oh, wow. You're never going to let go to that yeah, one. Yeah, no, I'm Sous never letting boo. go. That's Sous easy. Sous me boo. Um, That's great. And, uh, and <laughs> so, so then what ended up happening is I started thinking I could speak French. Okay. I was like, oui, bonjour. I was saying yeah. like the five things I knew. To fast forward to, I'm now on a new horse. I'm no longer on Tonka. We had we had right. a falling out or a falling off. Falling off. Yet another falling, falling off. off out. So now I am on uh, Chapeau, who is uh, very French. Oh, I can't wait so to fancy. hear. So And so fancy. I speak, so I'm speaking to my horse in French now. I don't know if that's actually that. what it, but I'm like, bonjour, Chapeau. In case you're just va. tuning in, Kim loves to give her um, animals voices. And Tonka was always my favorite. Give us a little Tonka. Tonka. Uh, well, Tonka. Tonka. Tonka very smart, but Tonka still speak in third person because Tonka horse. So Tonka smart for horse, even though it sound like not smart person. Tonka very smart. Oh, I love it so much. Um, At any rate, so the language, that was... The language, yes. The language is daunting. And now that I've traveled more to foreign language countries, I recognize that almost everybody speaks English. And even if they don't, you can... Everybody speaks a little bit of enough of English... To point you to the bathroom. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. You will be able to get by. And if you are ashamed of speaking the language, that's understandable. But don't, for me, I had to not let it um, keep me from enjoying new countries because yeah. that's what I feel like it was doing. Um, so then we got back from Paris. Yes. Yep. And then you, and then we had, so this is what kind of prompted our, let's talk about travel. Yeah. Then we had two very different travel experiences. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I went to Rome and for me, the the back-to-back, but not back-to-back conventions, meaning I've done, this is my third year at Rome and every other year I've done a convention the weekend immediately before. So I've only had to get over jet lag once. Um, or be jet lagged at work once. And this year it was twice in two weeks. And that really kind of did me. (laughs) So let's first talk about that. Yeah. Jet lag, for those of you who have never experienced it. That's true. There's people that haven't. Is not a fucking made up thing. No. It isn't like, well, if you would just sleep appropriately, everything... Mm -hmm. It, it really is like the earth is spinning. Yeah. If you if you pick up a snow globe and spin it around really hard and then stop spinning it, yeah. the snow inside keeps fucking swirling. That's very at a funny. Sp- and so that's happening inside my body. Your whole body, not yeah. just your brain, not just your sleep patterns. I once had a naturopath told me that even if you um, uh, adjust time zones one hour, your body will fucking Blech. feel that. Yeah. And you think about how much we travel for these conventions to different time zones. You gotta fuck it. And we don't 
take well, I don't take as good care of my body. The, you know, last couple of years I've been much better. But So what do you do for jet lag? What do you so, do, first of all, to prep, knowing it's going to happen? I try to get—this is going to sound counterproductive, but I try to shake up my sleep routine a few days before. Meaning, when I know I'm leaving town, I will go to bed late, or I will set my alarm for 4.30, or something where I'm, like, a little bit sleepier— so when I get on the plane, the plane to Rome, for instance, which shocked me for some reason, I don't know what, how long I thought it was, but it was a nearly 12-hour flight. And I was in coach, which most of the world flies in. It's fine. But I can't sleep sitting up. Mm-hmm. So I already knew that I was going to miss out on sleep. Um, for me, this was just the crash and burn weekend because I didn't sleep on the plane. I got to the um, hotel. I slept for a little bit in the hotel. And then you try to stay up. And then you try to go to bed. You try to get on the routine of the city you're in immediately. Yes. That's mm-hmm. um, Elena once she travels said. A lot, she right? travels a lot. And yeah. she was like, no matter what you do, don't go to bed until it's bedtime mm-hmm. when you land. It doesn't matter if you fucking land at 630 in the morning and yeah. you're like, oh, a little nap wouldn't hurt. Just don't don't do it. go to sleep until it's bedtime. Ordinarily, if I was going somewhere for a, a week or two, I would attempt to do exactly that. I think that's the right thing to do to get on that schedule. But if I'm only going to be there for four nights, I'm like, eh, it's going to be a fucking clusterfuck anyway. Oh, yeah. That's me, though, because I know so, that one night not, I'm going to go to bed at 2 a.m. One not, night I went to bed at 6 a.m. Do you know what I mean? Oh, God. I know. That's, you're not <laughs> recommending this. You're just saying no, this is what you do. This is what I do. And I, f- for me, if I was to do the thing that is the right thing to do, which is Elena's suggesting, is to get on the time immediately, um, I wouldn't have I would have got zero sleep because my body never would have adjusted. I never would have slept at night and then I have to work all day. And if I tried to stay up all day just so I could go to bed at night, um it, I would have I would have died. I would don't have do had that. no sleep. Exactly. No, don't die. But when I come back, I also when I came back I knew I would have a week to recuperate, meaning I didn't have any work I needed to do. Um in this week, um, I didn't have a child that I was going to have to wake up with and be energetic and fun for. So I kind of let myself crash and burn a little more than I usually would. Those were my knuckles, sorry, um, at the Rome convention. But yes, to solve jet lag for the smart person, get on that time zone. Also, there's things you can do, I've heard, like you can take. Um, Look, I'm not going to lie. The best fucking thing in the world was to take an Ambien and mm. magically wake up and be on the time zone. See, it I almost never had jet lag flying to those international places mm. when I just timed the Ambien with when night was supposed to start. And it was, oh, it was brilliant. And I no longer get to take Ambien. It is a luxury I had to give up when uh. I had to give up all the other shit. Now, I'll say I do take Ambien. I carry it with me. I only take half of one, and I try not to take it two days in a row. Um, but it doesn't... It only lets me sleep for three hours if I'm jet-lagged. If I'm at home, it'll knock me out, and I'll sleep for maybe six hours. But it does not... It is See, not a catch-all solution for me. I have told this story um, in Birmingham. One of the conventions in Birmingham, I would take... I, Ambien, yeah. just go to sleep. And yeah. I remember waking up one morning <laughs> in Birmingham. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm in England. I don't know anybody. I don't know where I am. I know nothing. Mm-hmm. I just remember going up to my little room in this little tiny castle place mm-hmm. to go to bed. And I woke up the next morning and my 
bed was strewn with, with your peppermint patty <laughs> and Reese and miniature Reese's or peanut uh, butter cups. That so most of them had been eaten, not all of them. And I was like, "What the actual fuck did wow. I do?" Apparently, in an ambient coma, yep. I left the castle, found a store, oh, procured. Wow. Procured wow. sugar, came back and ate it. I think in you just got it bed. from your mini fridge. No, no, no. I mean littered, oh, like shit. like an army had happened, <laughs> like 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 a like a like a whole war. It was oh, a battlefield. God. It was not two or three. And that is a common yeah thing I've heard. So probably a, about like the eating in bed. Yeah, there's a so few people we know who people. Have if you're gonna take my advice and take Ambien to get not not to, uh, uh, jet lagged, make sure you've either already purchased the things the that you plan on sleep eating or you really lock yourself in your room. I lock, I like, I put myself in bed, cover myself up, turn off the light and then take an Ambien the, because it works so fast on me. Oh, if you need to, for me, it's not, it doesn't work that well, which is probably a good thing because I'd take it a lot more, but um, drinking copious amounts of water. Yeah, a lot of water. A lot of water because our body is made up of so much water. So um, get I now it. take liquid melatonin. That huh. works for me. I know a lot of people it doesn't work for. Here's the yeah. other thing. Okay, so here's some advice. I can give you this advice. If any of these new fun ideas that we present to you sound good, try them before you yeah. need them. Yeah. Because if I say liquid melatonin and you go, that's a brilliant idea, and you turn out to be one of the people that liquid melatonin gives night terrors to, mm-hmm. you're going to track me down and have horrible, horrible, horrible things to say to me. And I will say, now, I warned you to try it before you right fucking first. did it. Mm. Um, all right. So the so the so sleep. Yes. So communication is a problem when we travel. Yes. Sleep is a problem when we travel. What are some other problems well, when we travel? I mean, this is not so much a problem, but I have a, a hilarious obsession with travel hacks, and we've talked about this before. Yes. Is like anything that is like a magical solution for me. Like recently, I bought this bag off Instagram because that's a thing now. Um, it was like an Instagram ad, and I'm like, I'll check this out, and I loved it, and I bought it, and I fucking love it. It's by a brand called CalPack. So if CalPack, you're listening, send her another one. I love color, you please. and all the things. Um, but it is a little black leather backpack with gold zippers, and it holds a laptop, it holds an iPad, it holds literally everything you can imagine. It has specific, you know, it's fun little compartments for everything. But it has a little um, sleeve that you slip over the um, carry-on handle. So I don't have to carry a bag on my shoulder anymore. And I'm telling you, game changer. I love that shit. I also carry with me, um, you know, a sanitizing spray. Yeah, the hand sanitizer. I always have like um, gum, Pepto, Tums, you know, the usual medicine Do you cabinet. travel with a travel pillow? I, I did. Ju- I bought one at the airport just for this because I was like, this will help me sleep. And I wore it and I was like, this is the most fucking uncomfortable thing I've ever worn. Oh, yeah. Like it made me go Goosh, and basically jolt my entire neck and head forward. I oh, didn't think it was that's no good. I use it for my lower back. Yeah. So I, I did exactly that. So I might now and shove it behind my lower back. I've I've not traveled with one before. Um, I always wear a lot of layers when I travel because I get hot and cold real easily. That's a good, good piece. If of I'm advice. traveling overseas on a long flight, I 
backpack um, compression socks. I always oh, wear compression I was like, socks. Leg warmers? Yes, I do Nylons? a burlesque show. Fabulous. <laughs> um, uh, what else? I try, um, I always pack a moisturizer. I take all my makeup off. I usually don't wear makeup on long flights, but I'll take all my we makeup off. We both wear our, sungla- our sunglasses. Glasses. Glasses. Yes. We wear our glasses Do because wear don't touch your face. Yes, don't touch. That was a fun, fun gift from Jason Manns. Don't touch your face because you will get sick. Yeah. Um, I wipe. I try to wipe everything down. I try not to eat the airplane food. On domestic flights, I will pack a little Ziploc of uh, veggies. And inevitably, I will need a meal because even if it's a three-hour flight, it's going to take you you know, two hours to get to the airport and get checked in. Then you're there two hours then you're before there your flight. Before, and then, then you're, you're, yeah. And then you so, got to get back. So I always will have to eat something. But the meals on an airplane are like some shitty wrap or whatever. So I will get a cheese platter and I'll pack my own nuts and vegetables. And then I've got like this very grand looking platter. You ha- you come with your own charcuterie. Yes, exactly. Brilliant. Um, that was my favorite realization. That's good. I always download a movie. You're probably the same with books. I was, yeah, I, yeah. I have books, or I just, I'll, I'll be honest. This last trip I took over the weekend was four hours, and both there and back, I did nothing besides listen to music, just because I was so You're happy driving, to be doing right? nothing. No, I flew. Oh, you flew? Yeah, we'll get to, well here. Mm. So I just, you just came back from Rome. Yeah. I just came back from Spring Green, yes. Wisconsin. I didn't know that you. I thought you were driving. No. Oh, oh no, geez. that would be a way too far to drive. Tell them about the thing that you couldn't bring back for me. Oh yeah. Okay. So um, I I flew into Madison and then I drove to Spring Green. So that's where the driving came okay, in. Okay, so okay. Madison to Spring Green. I rented a car and drove. Now in between, I worked in Spring Green twenty five years ago. Okay. And there was a town called Mount Horeb. Now Mount <laughs> Horeb was famous for two things. One, they're trolls. They had ginormous statues, carvings of trolls Amazing. everywhere. Do you love that going to the small towns and go, what do they have the biggest thing in the world of? Yeah. Oh, well, they have, every small town has a big, you know. Well, this particular place also has House on the Rock. But um, but Mount Horeb had the trolls, and it also had the Mount Horeb Mustard Museum. And knowing how much Brianna Buckmaster loves mustard. I love a I condiment. Like, I'm going to get Brianna some mustard. Mm, so I go so out, cute. and I see my friends, and we do our thing. And then they're like, what time are you leaving? I said, I have to leave really early, because before I get to the airport, I have to go to Mount Horeb. And there was a silence. <laughs> why, why do you have to go to Mount Horeb? I said, well, because I need to go to the Mustard Museum. They have moved the Mustard Museum, oh. people. The Mustard Museum is no longer in Mount Horeb. So, mm. with some, however, meat's a big deal in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And um, the Brat Fest was coming up. Oh. So all of the fancy mustards were still out. So I tracked down... I think it was Prim's meat, Prim's meat, mm. whatever it was. They had some fancy mustard, so I found a fancy mustard that I knew Brianna didn't have because they only make it in Wisconsin. Damn it! And then I put it in my bag and I went in, and then it got, and then it got, and then I got busted going through security. Why would they not let you travel? Because it was too it? big. It was liquid and it was too big. Oh! I didn't put it in my suitcase. I had it with my carry-on because I didn't want it to explode uh. in my suitcase. So here's more travel tips. More travel tips. Mm-hmm. Don't put liquid 
anything. Remember, guys, we don't think of stuff like makeup as being liquid. We yeah. think, oh, I have a can of Coke. I probably should toss the can of Coke. Yeah. But you will have to throw out your shampoo. Mm-hmm. You will have to throw out your lotion. Mm-hmm. You will have to throw out your expensive makeup if it's in a big bottle. I've even heard that they consider mascara liquid. Yes, be prepared. Like, when you're going you're gonna through You're going to spend $60 on goddamn shampoo. You don't want to lose that shit yeah. on a flight that you paid 150 bucks for. Yeah. <laughs> That's not um, good financing. Yeah. So, if you're traveling with a carry-on, which I'm getting better and better at, uh, don't take so much shit. Yeah. Which is hard for someone who's... who lo- I love a serum. Oh, man. I love a serum. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to ask is, what about hotels? Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. So here's another important lesson I learned. Oh, God. Oh, God. Give it. (laughs) So we are usually, you and I are usually put up in hotels. Yes. They usually inform us where we will be staying, and it is part of our negotiating. Mm -hmm. So it's our team that does the hotel thing. Yeah. But in this instance, I was finding my own hotel. Yeah. So I went on Yelp, and I just, I loves me. As you love a good serum, I love a good Yelp review. Mm. (laughs) Uh, I often create my own Yelp reviews. In fact, sometimes really? I've been... Really? You're on, a Yelper? I'm a Yelper. Oh, and, wow. And um, I often manage to get through an experience only by creating the review for it in my mind as I'm suffering through it. Oh, my God. You've told me about some of your reviews now that I think of it. Yes. I do love a good Yelp review. Good for you. Um, so the world this, thanks you, Kim Rose. This, but the problem is I don't know when to trust the Yelp reviews and when not to. Right. Because a lot of times I feel like people get a little too precious. Yes. And like, I'm giving this a one-star My review. Because, grouchy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I have a pretty fucking thick skin when it comes to hotels. I would like to say for our listeners out there, <laughs> err on the side of trusting the bad reviews. Oh, God. Not on the side of... Oh, it sounds like something that what might be a big deal. What did you find? Oh my god! So I don't, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to give away my Yelp review. Maybe I'll just give it away here and not write it. Give it but away. But my Yelp review for this runs a little as, as follows: This hotel evokes the same feeling that you would have if you walked into your eighty-year-old grandmother's house. If your eighty-year-old grandmother had not changed a thing since she was a swinger oh, God. 40 years ago. Wow. I'm pretty sure this hotel was intrinsically tied to the nude beach that existed across the way up until about 20 years ago. There were open holes in the wall where sconces no. used to be. No. Um, there was a massive mirror above my bed. Oh, As wow. well as the entire length of one of the walls. There was a there were themed rooms. Of course. Including apparently a rubber room. Oh and I was like, what kids would want to stay Don't in a black rubber light room? that hotel. Exactly. <laughs> Don't bring your own black light. Do not bring your own black light. I, 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 w- I was I was stunned at when I checked in to see a sign this is up on Instagram that said um themed rooms th- something like themed room occupancy only limited to two must be 21 and older. I'm like, oh, so I can't. Oh, oh so you don't get to rent it out for your orgies? For your orgies? I, oh, my I did, God, Kim. I, I'm looking at Instagram right now, so I can check I, it out. I, I, I didn't. I, I wasn't. And then I was like, well, but at least it's going to be soundproofed because it used to be an orgy hotel. I found out my last night that was an incorrect assumption on my part because that was the first night I had someone staying above me and... I could hear both sides of the phone conversation he had. 
Okay, listen to this. His snoring kept me up. Oh, God. Yeah. What? Please do not use any bath bombs or bath accents of any kind in this sweet room. If we find that you have used them, your credit card will be charged a cleaning fee of $100. Sweets are for two adults only. Uh, 21 and over. Failure to comply will result, result in a $100 charge. Yeah. So the plane is closed after dark. And the plane is closed after dark. So, I also am like, there is there is a lot I'm willing to put up with as someone who like stayed in shitty motels when yeah. I was a kid and thought that those were pretty cool. Um, but the the more I stay in hotels, the less I'm willing to put up with, I realize, because you find yourself living a hotel life so often. So if there isn't a coffee maker in the room, I always have a problem with that because I like to have tea before bed. I like to make coffee in the morning while I look at social media or whatever. Um, a blow dryer. I, I do expect a hair dryer. Oh, see, I usually bring my own because I'm like... Oh, well, because you need it. I have long hair, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't even notice that kind of stuff. What are other things that piss you off? Uh, sh- dirty carpets. Oh. Oh, oh I don't even want to... I actually brought <laughs> these shoes for the first time ever. Smart. I was like, I'm not walking around yeah. in this. If I was to do like a little yoga or workout or something, I always put a towel down on the yeah. floor. Dirty carpets, you're just like, why? Why can't you take care of this stain? Um, I always unpack. Uh, we, Billy and I were talking about that. Uh, Billy and Jason and I, because Jason also unpacks, and he was convinced he learned that from Billy. And Billy was like, "I never unpack." Um, I always first thing I do is unpack. I don't like going through a garbage can of clothes that is my my suitcase when I'm like at a convention and trying to look cute for people, you know. So I always hang things up, and it also gives me like a little sense of like coming home at night and getting up in the morning, a little bit of control over kind of a, a nutty lifestyle. Yeah, is what it feels like. Yeah. Um, the temperature thing is hard for me because I get night sweats occasionally. Oh yeah. <laughs> so if uh. It's not cool enough in the room. I will not sleep. But also, air conditioning is so fucking bad for you. And hotel windows don't open. So you're kind of left to the hope that this hotel has cleaned the filter of their air conditioning. And you can tell when they haven't. So so those are all the technical stuff. Now, yeah. here was my experience when I my poor husband is so used to me doing this. Every time I come home, mostly from seeing Hart family. I always immediately come home and start looking for property there. I want to move. I think being happy someplace means I should live there. And I don't know if that means I need to pay more attention to the things I'm in denial about around Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Or if that means I need to spend more time traveling and giving myself the treat of feeling at home wherever I go. I feel like this about New Zealand, too. Every time I go to New Zealand, I'm like, I should be, how can I move here? I don't, I think I have the opposite experience, and it might just be because I was exhausted coming off these two back-to-back European conventions, but I, it's been a long time since I've gone somewhere and not been desperate to come home. What makes home? What makes home? Uh, For me, it's it's, uh, comforts of home, so it would be like, Silly things, my sheets, uh, my pillows, my candles, my shows, um, uh, privacy, rest, like downtime, like actual downtime. That's kind of L.A. home when my family's not here. When I go back to Vancouver and I'm with my daughter, it's like, you know, cuddles in the morning, breakfast, all the the three of us all together, 
dropping her at school. It's very different. My my home in Vancouver is more community oriented, seeing all the moms at the drop off, yeah. seeing all my friends at the gym I go to and um, seeing my girlfriends who I don't get to see that often. So those are my comforts. My comforts in Vancouver are people oriented and my comforts in L.A. are more rest oriented, I think. I think we've just spent the entire time bitching. Let's let's and offering some very advice, sound advice, sound advice. Um, Where do you want to have a grand adventure? You haven't had a grand adventure yet. It's such a hard question to ask today. I know. That's why I'm asking. Um, I am not geographically adventurous. I never have been. I think we've talked about that before. But you do like you have traveled. I've always admired that. You know, you talk about New Zealand the way you do. I didn't. When everybody else in high school talked about going backpacking, I was like, that's cool. I really want to make it into theater school. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> wanted to start working immediately. I fucking love working. Um, and so tr- I always knew that travel was going to, my work was going to take me into traveling. So I never felt that have to travel now before I start yeah. my career. Um, and I feel so fucking grateful anytime that I complain about being tired in these amazing places that I go to I'm like can we just take a second a look at this ancient city that I get to be in and it doesn't cost me anything um, other than my wear and tear of my body yeah but um, it, it, the, the things that I have in my life I'm so grateful for I never anticipated I have these kinds of things so I don't feel like there's anything I'm missing out on adventure wise hmm. again because my adventures are so closely related my my joy is so closely related to people. So if I can think of a fun adventure, it would be like I would love to take all my best girlfriends and go to Palm Springs. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's just Palm Springs. But that would be fun for me because I'd be with my, my girls. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, there's places that I think I would love to see, but because they're so far out of my imagination and traveling um, over the last couple of years has been so tiresome. That doesn't sound fun to me right now. Yeah. What about you? I this will not come as any surprise to you. At first, I was going to say, mm, I don't know. I've, I don't really have the craving to go anyplace. Yeah. Well, I don't. Um, I think beauty is beauty is beauty, but I don't have a lot of sense of history and uh-huh. the magic of human development. But then, oh, human animals. Uh, I want to see I want to see monkeys in their natural like habitat. I want to be mugged by a rhesus monkey. I want to have a hippopotamus try to kill me. That's cool. I want, Very good point. Like I Those would like to see now. It's challenging because I would like to do it in a way that doesn't contribute to harming the animals yeah. environment yeah. and 9 times out of 10 a person walking around in those environments is inherently harming the environment. Right. So it also sounds very hard to get there. Um, it sounds like a lot of lot You went tough. to Nicaragua last year. That was bold, baby. It was fucking amazing. Exactly. I just had to get like adjusted to the fact that uh, you're not going to ever feel freshly showered. Yeah. And just don't put on makeup because it'll melt, melt all your, yeah, off your face. Right. But yeah, there were different animals there. Yeah. We saw monkeys in trees. I took pictures. Now, are do you when you travel? Do you like to do things like go to museums? I didn't used to mm. because I used to be very. Uh, I I would I thought it would be boring. Mm-hmm. So this last time I traveled, I went to House on the Rock. Right. 
which is a big tourist attraction. And I always thought when I lived there before, quite frankly, I heard about the mannequins uh, hanging from the roof of the carousel. And I was like, nah, I'll be too freaked out. So this time, because of reasons, I went ahead and went through House on the Rock. And it was amazing. I had a very profound emotional experience. It wasn't necessarily a positive emotional experience. Hmm. Like, I was touched by someone's madness hmm. um, and deep love and hmm. all sorts of things. But what got me was less the intellectual experience of looking at these things and more the emotional experience of someone was compelled to do this. What must that have been like? Yes. And see, I'm tearing up. Like, yeah. what must that have been like for his parents mm -hmm. to watch this madness turn into genius? And which is it? Is it genius? Is it madness? What is he doing? What is he going to do with? How do you like? Now you've made a house in a rock, and now you're creating music machines that are two stories high that play themselves. And oh my God! So I think. I'm so porous to the human experience that now I need to be careful when I go through places like that where it's like, oh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't, I'm, over, I'm overloaded. The stuff that they are popular at museums they talk about are come from trauma of some yes. kind, right? That's mostly what museums are. Yes. Like death and fam famine and, um, you know, insanity and all these things. Yeah. So I think the scope of human experience is starting to be something that I'm fascinated by, yeah. but I'm also deeply affected by. Yeah. So I just want to go sit in a river for a little while. I like going to museums because I see things that I've only seen in the movies or in books especially art museums. I prefer art museums to um, historical museums, although I love a natural history museum. I don't know why. Yeah. There's something like the kid in me loves a natural history museum. Um, but I prefer social experiences. I prefer to uh, go to restaurants. I love, I'm, I love food. I love trying all kinds of food. I love being challenged by food, um, trying food from wherever I am. That's number one for me. And number two is um, meeting people. Like, I love my favorite part in Paris was the last night Jose and I were in Paris. We went to a restaurant where this very inebriated couple next to us were tell in telling us in very broken, broken English um, what lovers we are and that we should go and smoke on the roof. And then they came on the roof and they're having this big conversation about love with us. And I was like, this is exactly the experience I want to have in Paris. Um, but uh, a museum, sometimes I feel like I'm trying to force an experience. That oh, yeah. You're good, point. good point. Good so point. So I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to go and tell myself, like, I'm this is not what I'm into right now. It might be eventually. But right now I want to have social experiences. I don't want to have educational experiences. Um, that's yeah. it. In terms of wrapping up, yes. I would add, find out if the hotel you're staying at has an indoor swimming pool because you'll be sad if you don't bring your swimsuit and you want to go swimming when everybody else does. And guys, don't bring a black light because it's never going to work out well for you. What are you, you. going to do with that information? You're going to discover horrors that you don't need to know. You don't need to know. You got to sleep somewhere. Okay? Let it go. I love you, Kim Rhodes. I love you, Brianna Buckmaster. Yeah.